guys. I am driving back home from Pans. I went one and one yesterday. It's alright. Which is, I don't know. I have mixed feelings, which I have mixed feelings about, of course, because I didn't win the whole thing. But it was, yeah, a good uh, refresher, I guess. Like, I haven't done a IBJJF tournament in a number of years. But the, the rule set, the how things run, are run, all kind of came flooding back to me, I guess. And it... I felt comfortable in the pocket again. Like I, I, I was, I like in the days leading up to it, I was getting kind of nervous or whatever. Um, just like thinking about, okay, this is what I need to do. This is the, the game plan. Uh, of course, game plan kind of goes out the window when your opponent starts doing stuff too. Um, so, like, in the first match, he... <clears throat> so, I went in the ultra-heavyweight division. So, that means 220 pounds and up. Uh, they didn't even bother to weigh us in. <laughs> just because it's it's the open class. It's like the... the uh, just nobody... Or, I guess open class means anybody can join it. Like, even the lightweights or whatever. But the it's an unlimited weight class. So, you... to weigh in, don't have to worry about making weight, so it's interesting to, to have not had that additional stress of, of like cutting weight and making, kind of teetering on the edge of like having to check every drink that you drink to make sure that you're not, this. so each drink doesn't like put you overweight or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, that but with the open weight class came challenges. Like the uh, ultra heavy weight class came challenges. Like people being significantly stronger than me. Like there were two well-known power lifters uh, in my division as blue belts. another guy who, that my first opponent was neither of those two powerlifters, but he was significantly stronger than me. Like, he was taller and stronger, and he snapped me down. Like, I, I'm usually the person who likes snapping people down. Uh, I, I got snapped down, but I was able to, yeah, get into my half guard, and I was still cool. Like, that was kind of the difference when things go wrong, I'm still in a good spot, or like a comfortable spot, which, which is interesting, like I'm still, like, like I'm able to, I have an answer to when I have, when I get taken down, which is very different than what I had, uh, like other times that I've competed, 
and competed against bigger, stronger guys who ended up on top of me. I just didn't have an answer. But in terms of uh, how this guy like it might have been his one of his first tournaments or whatever because he didn't try to pass my half guard. He wasn't doing too much, and he got called for stalling like two times or three times, and that basically gave me the win. So he, so he got two takedown points, um, and he got kept getting called for stalling. So then he decided to do something, and then I was able to get an underhook and then come up and then um, basically sweep him. And then he tripoded, he, he was able to get to kind of like a standing turtle position. I, I had a kind of a tight waist around him. And this this is a large man. <clears throat> like I I felt, <laughs> I felt like a little kid like trying to take down his dad, right? So I was trying to do the, the whole fancy um, taking the back from from standing, like kind of reaching the, the one leg in and trying to trip him, but it didn't work. Um, so ended up in half guard again. So, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. So, so I think I got two points for the sweep, and then uh, the score was 2-2 at the end. And I won by basically advantages. Just the dude stalled, and um, I had three advantage points or something. Because I, I think I got—I don't know what else I got an advantage for. But anyways, that was that was kind of weird. Because um, I was staying—I was staying very tight with my—I uh, was really going for the deep half. I was really trying for it. Uh, but he just, yeah, he didn't want to open up to, to anything. So he was, yeah, just called for stalling. Um, anyways, so, yeah, the first match, I definitely came out flat. Maybe I was too relaxed. And that's why I got snapped down. Uh, well, that and the guy's very, the guy was very strong. I wasn't like the strength matters it definitely mattered don't get me wrong it definitely mattered I got taken down because of it um, but it didn't feel like I was I couldn't overcome it like I was able to get the underhook and come up and um, get get a sweep basically from half guard so yeah, second match, I decided to come out swinging. Like, I was... I, I Because I came out flat in my first match and got behind by getting snapped down, I decided to come out kind of swinging in my second match. I got a great... Came out, got a great grip on the guy's back, snapped him down. I My mistake was only trying once. Like, I didn't keep snapping down. Like, I, I really should have really kept with it, um, because I, I, 
I think he would have gone over. Uh, he was able to keep maintain his balance for one, but if I just kept going, I should have just kept going. That was probably my first mistake of that match. And then second, what was interesting is he pulls deep half guard, which uh, I'm, I'm wearing, putting on my monocle here, which is like a very esoteric thing to do. It's not that much in style, like you don't see people directly pulling to that because it's not like your like deep half is the the most while while it is also while it is a strong position it is also basically the last guard it is a strong guard in terms of like getting underneath somebody and controlling them it is also your last guard that you have like if they're able to counter your deep half you don't have any other layers of guards to go to. It's, it's kind of your last one. So, pulling directly into your last potential guard is interesting. But he, yeah, he he did, he did very well with that. I, I, I uh, because, because I was so sold on snapping, snapping him down, I kind of over, I, I exposed my legs too much. And he, that gave him a, a big hole to uh, throw the deep half in, which was interesting. I've, I, nobody really throws the deep half against me. I always throw against other people. So it's kind of interesting getting a taste of my own medicine. Um, so I, I try to hold the position, but I know the longer I hold it, the better he can, like, settle in and adjust. So, I knew I had to, like, step around. That was my only option. I couldn't really reverse the position. He had a really good hold on my leg. I tried to step around to... in 10th Planet, or in, uh... whatever. I guess Nogi-oriented rules. I could have stepped around to a knee bar, but because I wasn't like that, because I know that I can't do a knee bar at Blue Belt, I didn't even attempt to like secure any control for it. I'm not, I'm not trying to make an excuse here, but it's it's interesting that certain things I have to like mentally block as I'm doing them. It's like, oh, I, I could go for that. No, wait, rule doesn't check out. So in the transition, I, I could have gone to the sit position as a control point. <clears throat> I don't th I don't think they would have the ref would have freaked out about that. I don't know. I, <clears throat> I'm not totally, entirely sure at what point it, it is illegal. Like, if I'm clearly going for a knee bar, like, <clears throat> is it in the at what point do you get DQ'd? Do you get DQ'd when you are extending, when you get your hips in and extend the knee, like, apply the submission? Do you get DQ'd when you're setting up the position? <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe this is why I need to go to, like, a rules meeting. Uh, they always, uh, <clears throat> with, 
with these big tournaments, you can always, there's always rules meetings that you can go to, but I've never bothered to go to them. But <clears throat> this is a really interesting distinction because a major system that uh, 10th Planet Las Vegas teaches, at least, because uh, we have Bendy, Bendy Casimir, king of knee bars, is the sit position. And he has a whole system off of this, and a lot of people are familiar with this. And a common reaction that I get when I throw my deep half is people step around to the knee bar. I've learned how to counter this, but I've never thought about doing it myself and what the implications were. So, stepping around, I didn't secure the leg because I just didn't want to fuck with the knee bar at all. I didn't want to, like, even show that I knew what a knee bar was. I wasn't sure how far, at what point it would be illegal to even, like, think about a knee bar. Or, or what, at what point, what point is the DQ? Does it come... Why get into the set position? Probably not, but I don't. I don't know that for sure. Does it come when I straighten the leg, or like like straighten the leg out, hips in? Probably there, but at, I guess at what point do illegal moves do legal moves become illegal? Um, I I suppose if I don't apply a submission an illegal submission and just use a control point that that is traditionally used to get to that position, that submission probably would have been okay um, but yeah, anyways I get things get kind of squirrely, it's a he, he's, he successfully creates a scramble off of that D-pad, which is basically all you really want. Get, create, create a floating sensation, because my, my body weight was entirely on him, so he could control where I, where my body weight went. Um, so if I went to the sit position and just controlled it, I might have been able to stop the scramble and gone into like a what Bendy calls the Drysdale position and just really get really based out and not and just hold on to the leg. Um, I'm not sure. But anyways, yeah, we go into then we go into 50-50. I get the grand idea, hey, I can end this now. Like, I can attack his feet. But I forget, you know, principles of the 50-50. Because why would I be drilling leg locks in the weeks leading up to IBJJF pants? You know, like, I, I've, I've only really been drilling, like... Positional things, just stand like stand up, um, yeah, takedowns, uh, 
keeps getting on top, staying on top. So I've never really, I, this is, yeah, like, a, I found a hole in my game, which is good. Like, I, like, this is a concrete thing that I can point to and say, I need this piece. I need to figure out this piece. Because I've filled in a lot of gaps. Um, but 50-50 slash other leg locks, like honey hole, or uh, other leg lock positions, honey hole, I'm still, uh, I'm still white ball. I'm, I'm not good. I'm not by any means good at these. So... Get into 50-50, I start playing with his feet, he starts to get get at mine. I made the mistake of uncrossing my legs, which is like the, the golden rule. Like you, you just don't do that when you're 50-50. You, you, you want to protect your own feet, right? So if you cross them over, you you're you're still protecting them. So yeah. It was it was kind of like getting a, a pop quiz, basically. I'm like, oh shit! Now I have to remember how to do this 50/50 thing. Um, and of course, I didn't think to like stand up because he was he was passing my leg over his body already to go to enter into 50/50. shot to just like stand up I would, well, we were kind of sold on the 50-50 but one thing that I remember after the fact now like reviewing it and reviewing the, the the film a couple of times I remember that the inside knee is important whoever gets the inside knee down uh, has control over the 50-50 position so I just forgot that part because I haven't reviewed it. I haven't done it in weeks. I've only done like basic ankle lock escapes, not 50-50 ankle lock escapes. So, anyways. Um, so, as soon as I uncrossed my feet, he got a hold of my foot, and that was pretty much it. Like, he just held on to it. That was... Uh, it, his grip wasn't on the foot or on the ankle, exactly. It was on, like, the Achilles. So it was more of a calf slicer kind of feel. At, at the end of it, when he went belly down. Um, and the, the times I was attacking his feet... I don't know if I was actually doing anything or not. Um, because, yeah, he didn't, he didn't really react to when I attacked his feet. He just was going for my feet. So, I guess, yeah, you, you, if you... I don't exactly live by the footlock, but I definitely died by the footlock here. So, it was interesting. It, it, was, it wasn't the typical... 
ultra heavyweight match. Every other ultra heavyweight match was somebody gets on top and then stays on top. That's pretty much how it went. Um, or, or it was like a heavyweight dance where neither one of them wants to go for a takedown and that, that's the that's the normal way these things go but hey we, we uh, had a little had a little footlock battle anyways something new it, it, it represents growth I would have never thought to have done any of that before before training at 10th planet I wouldn't have had the the modicum of confidence in that position if I hadn't like drilled it a handful of times. I haven't drilled it all that much, but I have drilled it a little bit. Um, I just yeah, th that's just a solid hole in my game. Like it was a, a a question that I didn't have an answer to. Like everything else, like as demonstrated in my first match, somebody takes me down, I get to my half guard, I'm cool, like I'm good, like I, the dude was afraid of moving because he knew that I was going to go deep half, like that's probably half the reason why he was stalling was if he started to move his knee, I would start to get underneath him or I would start to adjust for uh, lockdown, that was another thing that I was thinking about, I was like, oh okay, I should try to get this guy in lockdown because he's super heavy and uh, he wasn't giving me a ton of space. Like, I, I was keeping my arm pinched to my chest um, to try to get that underhook and to also just protect my arm from a Kimura. So it was pinched to my chest. It was between his chest and my chest. So if, if I couldn't get to it, if I couldn't use it, then he couldn't attack it. That was kind of my logic. What which did work. Um, I did eventually get an underhook, which was cool. So yeah, so that the first match kind of showed me the effectiveness of like even though I did get taken down, I have a guard. Hallelujah, I have a guard. And it's good enough. Like, I'm not going to call it good. I'm at least just confident in it. Confident enough in it. It's not, yeah, it's not by any means great. Um, but it's way better than, than what, it, what it used to be. So, and yeah, going back to, yeah, 50-50 is a gaping hole. It's a question. It's like, yeah, it's a test. Like, you go through, I, it, looking back on it, it seems kind of like a test. Like, jiu-jitsu is kind of a, well, uh, I have a coach, or one of, one of the coaches who comes through, Steve Pellegrino, comes through 10th Planet sometimes to to uh, give us a little bit of catch wrestling knowledge and uh, he or 
still a jujitsu, but he, he makes things hurt more, which is fine. Uh, he, he talks about, yeah, jujitsu is just kind of check boxes. Like, you want a, and it's like a checklist. Both guys are going through their own checklists, and whoever has more checks to check through, they're going to win. Because they have more thing, more options, and they can exploit. They, they have uh, an ability to exploit the other person on a weakness, and that's what happened with this 50-50 position. I didn't think I was going to go 50-50 in an ultra heavyweight IBJJF tournament. That's why I didn't train it. <laughs> that's. Like, I haven't, I haven't gone for any leg locks just because I, I've assumed. And assuming, my mother tells me, makes an ass out of you and me, but mostly me. Because I just assume that, hey, I'm, I'm not going to go for ankle locks. That's not really my game. But nobody else has really thrown them on me. So, yeah, but I guess just it's good to know moving forward that those are a thing. And that big boys can get into 50 50. So, um, So, yeah, I'm going to be working straight ankle locks for just, like, two weeks now. <laughs> like, for the next two weeks, or the next month, I don't know. I, I'm just going to... that That is a solid hole that uh, I need to fill. And there's there's also a submission-only tournament coming up in in two weeks, in fact. So, foot locks might, might be important there because it's submission-only footlocks can end things quicker. Um, but another thing was, yeah, that, like, exiting the 50-52. Like, I need to, I need to be able to get back to my game. Like, it, it, as soon as he got that leg, or as he, as soon as he got my leg, I should have I think I was too flat on my back. Definitely, like, basically if you're laying down on the mat, that's not a good sign. That's not, uh, productive. And I was definitely laying flat on the, flat on the mat, so. I'm going to be working leg locks. That's that's what I'm going to do. I need to work. Like, working my attacks will make other people think about leg locks, and then they'll start attacking me. Like, like I need to start that kind of chain reaction, I guess. So, yeah. Submission-only tournament coming up. 
gonna work fuck lots. And I'll I'll look into the uh, the, the technicalities and legalities of band moves, but like setups and like what what's the what's kind of the distinction. Anyways, well, that's. And it, it kind of sets a it, it getting beaten like that, and then watching him, watching the the guy who beat me go up against this. Uh, the the next opponent was this powerlifter guy, and he he just kind of did more of the same. Like he didn't stand up with the guy; he just pulled, tried to pull deep half. guy just stayed on top, didn't let him sweep, uh, and just kind of tried, just, yeah, just kept passing the guard, no, I, I think it was, it was like a referee's decision, almost, I, I don't think it, there was, there weren't too many points being, being scored, maybe it was advantage, so, which is basically referee's decision. somebody speaking who lost of course to whatever who, who, who went one and one as someone who went one and one I felt like I I could have hung in there with any of the guys in the division nobody was super dominant nobody was that dominant uh, it wasn't because again, this is a blue belt division, so I, I feel like I can hang with all of the guys in the division. Dude, there was nobody who I really felt. I felt I might have felt intimidated in terms of like size and uh, and uh, strength wise, because there were there was a uh, yeah these two powerlifter guys. Uh, Chad Wesley Smith and I'm gonna butcher this guy's name Insignia or something like that uh, otherwise known as the Natty Professor those guys are for sure elite levels of athletes like they're they're they have elite uh, strength It definitely showed, but they didn't have elite technique. That, that's the, that's kind of the uh, the takeaway here is that the dude pulling deep half was basically my build. Like he, he didn't look like anything special, and he had a really close match with the Natty Professor. That that uh, that was interesting to me. 
because the natty professor could deadlift this guy if he really wanted to. Just pull, just grab him by his feet and just freaking deadlift him if he really wanted to. Uh, as a pass. But people aren't bars and people can submit you back. Like, the people are, can move and, and move around. It's, it's not just a static thing. So, while there is, yeah, a lot of carryover, it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily follow that the strongest person is going to win. Uh, it certainly helps. definitely, yeah, helps Chad Wesley Smith and the uh, Natty Professor. Natty Professor got second. Chad Wesley Smith got third. Dude I lost to got third. Um, and some, I forget, some guy from Alliance got first. Or 
guard or something. If you just keep your guard, you win. Like, you did all the hard work up front, and now you just hold them off. And now they have to attack. So... From, from a strategy point of view, I was surprised that nobody was mounting, or at least the in my division, I, I don't think there was really any mounting going on. that my confidence in being a blue belt for five years now is that I feel like I can hang with any of the blue belts. Like the, the champion blue belt, I, I'm sure I would get, I'll get smashed, but it wouldn't be like an overwhelming sense of despair kind of thing. It's not, um, it's not what I roll with upper belts, like purple belts and brown belts, black belts, there's like 0% chance that I'll catch them with something. Maybe 10%, there's a, maybe a 10% chance I'll catch a purple belt, or or maybe maybe it's like, okay, maybe not 10%, chance, maybe I, I give a purple belt a hard time, and like... I just give them a competitive round. I maybe I don't attack anything, but I but they're attacking things I can escape. And that's and that's all I can really do. But hey, they didn't pass my guard or they didn't submit me or whatever. Like that that I, I that's possible for me. Um and yeah, these again, it's a blue belt division. It's not <clears throat> felt like the, the game wasn't as, like I've had a greater sense of despair rolling with a, a brown belt for four minutes than, than I would if uh, of all of the, whatever, any of these other opponents. Like, yeah, I... The, the dude walked right through my 50-50 guard, or my, my like, that 50-50 game, yes, that was a piece that, I, that is now clearly illuminated, that is a hole in my game, and I need to fix that, but I wasn't, like, I wasn't overwhelmed by it, the, the dude had my leg, it, it took him, like, I don't know, it wasn't, like, an instant clamp, rip, tap, it was, he had to, like, adjust, and adjust, and adjust, and I was, I was holding on, I was just trying to, I don't really know what, I didn't really have a defense for that, I didn't, I didn't have an answer, so,
guess what, what I'm trying to say is ultra heavyweight, there are stud athletes. Uh, there are not stud athletes. Or there, there are mild athletes like myself. And there are not stud athletes. But the technique is all relatively the same. Okay? There was no, like, blue belt who was clearly a brown belt. There, there, there weren't, like, any, like, there wasn't any crazy sandbagging going on. But again, the, this this is pans, so it's not it's not worlds. So maybe more people come out for worlds, and that's the, the, that'll be a higher level of competition, probably because it's the world championship instead of the Pan American Championship. trying to scoop 
underneath him. Yes, that sounds weird, but I'm trying to get underneath his body uh, to lift him up. Right there is just me hanging out. Like, I'm not... I need him to move to, to do anything. I'm not going to force... The, there's a... It's very hard to, like, force somebody to actively... To, to come on top of you, basically. That, that's kind of why he was hit with the stalling call because, well, one, I don't know if he knew that he was stalling, clearly, uh, but two, he didn't want to move because he knew that I was going to go deep half on him. Um, I eventually did and didn't have a ton of success with it, uh, but I think in that scramble I was able to transfer like go back to an underhook and then that eventually got me out uh, I went to dogfight and uh, I was able to drive through and whatever, sweep him later.